InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If your spelling and grammar aren't exactly perfect, or if you've been a victim of autocorrect or spell check, our next guest is just for you. She's Mary Norris, author of Between You and Me, Confessions of a Comma Queen. Now, for over 30 years, you worked in the copy department of The New Yorker, and you're definitely an expert when it comes to spelling, punctuation, and the proper use of the English language. Well, let's talk about some of the most common errors that you've seen when it comes to uh, grammar and punctuation and spelling. Do some come to mind? Well, fortunately, because I work at The New Yorker, I work with a lot of really superb writers. So I don't see the kind of mistake that I hear often, which is the mistake that my title, Between You and Me, refers to. So many people think that it's rude to say me, and they think I Mm -hmm. is the right form. And, of course, it's not. I is fine as the subject of a sentence, but as the object of a preposition, it's barbaric. (laughs) (laughs) And it hurts my ears. So, you know, you would say, they gave a present to John and me, not to John and I. And so I tried not to ever put that in print because it just reinforces the wrong form, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, it seems like today when we watch television, for example, maybe television news, and they'll put up a super, you know, with text on the bottom of the screen... It seems like there are many, many errors made out there these days. Is it getting worse than it used to be? Well, there's so much more than there used to be. And when things are on the screen, electronic, I think it's a little harder to see mistakes that way. You know, and, and of course, they go by so fast. We have at The New Yorker a huge website and a lot of people who work for it, but they put out something like 18 articles a day on the website. And, you know, in the print magazine, we have the luxury of going over things several times, and we have all week to do it. So I hesitate to say it's getting worse because I'm an optimist, but there is a lot more. So I think there are a lot more mistakes that we do see and that we don't catch because the pace of life is faster and because so many people now have the means to be writers, you know, mm-hmm. Twitter and blogs and email. Everybody thinks she's a writer. <laughs> We're talking on InfoTrack with Mary Norris, author of Between You and Me, Confessions of a Comma Queen. Mary, your book has been really well received. It's a New York Times bestseller. Do you think there's perhaps out there a lot of people looking for better use of the language? Yes, I think there's a hunger for guidance. People who have been out of school for some years are insecure about whether their English is still correct or not. And young people, too. Young people, I think some of them feel a little bit cheated that they didn't get more instruction. They say things like, why didn't we diagram sentences in school? Uh, The fact is that I didn't really spend much time diagramming sentences in school. But I think part of the reaction to my book is from people who are insecure and they want some kind of reassurance. And I, you know, happy to provide it. Of course, the book doesn't give all the answers. A lot of things are still a matter of choice and they're subjective. So it's good to know that, too. And it seems that the English language is constantly evolving and changing. 
I guess some things that were unacceptable years ago are now acceptable. Is that correct? Yes, it happens. People's usage is what determines the language. You know, you can know all the grammar in the world, but you cannot fight usage. So if people start spelling things a different way, gradually it does catch on. I mean, bird used to be spelled brid back in days of Middle English. No kidding. So those things evolved. Well, you mentioned a moment ago schools and kids. If you could change some things about how kids are taught these things, such as punctuation, grammar, spelling, what would you change? Well, I would have kids learn a foreign language, actually. And that's how I learned my grammar, by studying German when I was in college. And that came kind of late. I'm not advocating that everybody has to take Latin. I didn't take Latin. I wish I had been able to take Latin. But I think when you see how another language does it, you have to reflect on how English does it. And that is what has always given me my grammar, is seeing how they do it in a foreign language and comparing it to English. What would you say to people who look at all of this stuff and say, well, it doesn't really matter? I would stamp my foot and say it does so. (laughs) Well, the main reason that it matters is that we want to communicate clearly. And we're able, when we speak, you know, we have other things, body language and facial expressions and tone of voice, and we can communicate nuances that way. But when we're putting it in writing, especially email, email is very flat. It has no personality. And that's why... People use all of the exclamation marks in emails, right? You know, you don't just say thank you with a period in an email. You have to put a big, we call it a screamer after it, so that people will know you're sincere in your expression of gratitude. But the other reason, to my mind, that we want to preserve these things in the language is that it gives us a connection to the past. We can't just cut off all the literature from the ancient Greeks up through Dickens and Joyce and say that we don't have any connection with that. It's a wonderful thing to be connected with. And if we keep some of those things in the language as we go into the future, we're preserving our heritage. That's how I feel about it. We're doing a family show here, so we have to be careful. But the use of profanity has seemed to have greatly increased. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think we have to be careful. Of course, if it's overused, profanity loses all of its potency. And we try at The New Yorker not to have it used in too casual a way, although people in speech use it casually all the time. And that is one of the reasons it seems to be losing any power. My feeling about it is that it should be saved for times when it's really effective and when it's funny. If it's funny, and I will forgive a lot of things as long as I can get a laugh out of them, (laughs) it still is offensive to some people, and so you have to be aware of your audience. Texting, it's become incredibly popular. Is that a, a medium where you sort of abandon the rules? Well, a lot of people abandon the rules in the interest of speed and economy. Some of it, I think, is funny. I often have to look up the abbreviations like YOLO, you only live once. I did see a a T-shirt somewhere that said YOLO is for people who don't know the meaning of carpe diem. (laughs) I 
kind of enjoy it in other people's work and other people's texts, but I think it has a lot of energy, and I always enjoy finding something new. Well, you've taken a topic that could be, I guess, a little pedantic. You've made it very entertaining and fun in your book, Between You and Me. Mary Norris is the author and the subtitle, of course, Confessions of a Comma Queen. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.